Praise God. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Good to see all of you. We decided to do a very special kind of impromptu, unscripted stream today. And I am with my dear brother, uh, Eric Gilmore. He is on with us today. And um, we just decided, hey, you know what? I think it'll be pretty awesome to do some, some recording, some stream, talk about Jesus, talk about whatever is on our hearts. And so if you can, guys, please do me a favor, like this stream, share this with a friend. If you're watching for the first time, let us know where you're watching from. And um, let's just wait before the presence of the Lord real briefly. And we're going to talk about Jesus. He's like the only thing worth talking about. <laughs> Praise God. Just wait before him. Let's be still. still be still some of you just need to be still right now just be still in his presence
Let them draw you in. sensing the heavy weight of his presence just yield to it throw up your hands just yield to that
holy, holy, holy. And worship. Give you glory. Praise. Stand in your presence. saying to some of you, drink, just drink. Have a drink. Life-giving spirit. He's an oasis in the driest place. Pools of refreshing are in his presence. Streams of living water to give drink to you.
and we need your river. Some of you are just stopping by. Stop by, just have a drink right here. In the middle of your busyness, in the middle of your anxiety, in the middle of your situation. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Tabernacle of the holy place. feeling like he's picking you up again some of you fall, feel fallen he's picking you up the love of God is picking you up someone's watching right now and I see prescriptions like a, a some sort of a, an addicting type of med thing it's like a painkiller or something. It's like a green pill. It's like a lime little pill thing. And you're addicted to that. Just receive freedom from that right now in Jesus' name. I don't know who that is. But the Lord sees that. You can't let go of that. It's like an addiction, Lord. I thank you that you break that.
You got anything, Eric? You're free to flow. <laughs> I was hearing the scripture from uh, Psalm 31. How great is the sweetness. How great is the sweetness you have stored up for those who fear you. Mm. There's a treasure chest of sweetness, goodness stored up for those who fear the Lord. Uh, that's what was really, you know, kind of burning on my heart. And yeah. As I told you, that Dalich uh, translation of that verse says that the uh, it's the sum of goodness treasured up for the constant use and enjoyment of the saints. Uh, there's a couple of things there that just are really precious. This the sweetness of the sense of him, the enjoyment of his love, the kisses of his promises, the tenderness of his character revealed in the scriptures. These things are treasured up for the constant. It's consistent. You, you can always go there and use and enjoy. Use and enjoy. Yeah. There's times where you need to use the promises of God to break off lies of the enemy. Yes. There's times you really need to use that kiss of God to soften your heart. There's times you, we really need to use that the sweetness of uh, what we see his character to be in the word to remind us of what really matters, to remind us what he's like in the midst of a world that has fallen and difficult and all kinds of pressures all around we have treasured up for us sweetness for our constant use yeah. and enjoyment. Even more than necessity, enjoyment implies um, almost like a, what would you, recreation. Yeah. I can go here not just because I need the sweetness, but because I enjoy oh, yes. the sweetness. I take joy out of the sweetness. It's almost as if you can see a massive treasure chest filled with the treasures of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, which is the man, Christ Jesus. And whether you need, which we all do at certain times, we need to see him again, or we just want to look at him and enjoy him. Yeah. That scripture is fitting for both. How great, how great. It's limitless. Yeah. How great is the goodness, the sweetness you have stored up for those who fear you. And then he says this, which you have wrought. It's not wrought by men. You, there's nothing we can do to earn this. We can't store it up ourselves. We can't hewn it out ourselves. He has wrought it. He's done the work for it, for those who take refuge in you. There's that person of the Lord that is the essence of this thing. Take re refuge in you. Uh, so this sweetness really is him. And then the next verse is very well known and really incredible. Uh, you hide them in the secret place of your presence. Mm. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in the shelter from the strife of tongues. So I see three things connected. This sweetness that is stored up, treasured up for the constant use and enjoyment of the saints. That goodness is also his person mm. and that his personhood is that secret place mm. of his presence 
to live there, to abide therein, to live from, to speak from, to make decisions from, to, to enjoy life from. Uh, this is just uh, the highest life there is. It's, yeah. It is that new covenant life mm. in the man Christ Jesus. Mm. That's really what I was feeling and just kind of meditating on what we were just worshiping. What about you? For me, um, it was like it was as I was just sitting here with the Lord, just kind of worship. And I kept seeing like God was using this moment here as, you know, like a gas station where people are just kind of driving around and they <laughs> stop and then they go for fuel. And I just felt like this moment just enjoying God's presence and just loving him and just giving space for his presence is was causing people just to stop just to stop in their busyness throughout their day and just have a drink of yeah, God. That's good. You know, a couple of things that you said regarding um, uh, the goodness of the Lord and, and enjoying his presence. I just want to say this real quick. That is the biggest thing that God often confronts me with in spending time with God. Huh. If I, if I come to God's presence and um, if I come to him, any other way except joyfully <laughs> it's it's like he's not pleased with that uh, there's been a couple of times and i've told you this before where it's like i've had to rearrange my attitude because i'm having a bad day or i'm choosing to dwell on negativity and i have to leave drink a cup of coffee come back and it, it's it's almost as if the holy spirit is saying you've got to come correctly before me and to come correctly is to come joyfully. I've been really thinking about the concept of praise, right? You praise something when it's delightful. You praise something when it's enjoyable. If you have a piece of steak or a piece of food or something that you really enjoy, you as soon as you have a taste of it, you start talking about how wonderful it is. We, did, we did that today. We did that today several <laughs> times. And I just feel like that is what the Lord is wanting so many people to understand, to get out of the religious thinking of, as you say, the strivings and the hard works and, and gritting your teeth and coming into him, simply enjoying God. I told you the other day, I think last night, it seems to me that enjoying God's presence is the magnetism of being aware of him, mm. you know, so, things that I was thinking about. Yeah, uh, taking off from your stop point where this is a uh, fill-up station, you know, taking a, a stop. I, I remembered, you even referenced it when, we were, when you were just kind of worshiping Psalm 36, verse 8. This incredible verse, it says, You give them to drink. Mm -hmm. You give them to drink from the river of your delights. There is a flowing, refreshing crystal river that we are allowed to, it's a gift. You give them to drink. Nobody earns their way to this. God grants to us this river to drink from. And it says there that you give them to drink from this river of your delights. It's it's experiential, as we were saying earlier, uh, epinosis, yeah. like the knowledge that is experiential knowledge. He, he gives this, it's a gift that we might come and drink from this river and be delighted there. But, the point of stopping really kind of rings true when I start thinking about what we understand rivers to be. We've never seen a river up here. They're always down here. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to drink from a river, the first thing you have to do is stop. 
you can't you're not gonna be able to drink from a river while you're walking mm -hmm. you have to stop mm -hmm. and then the second thing after you stopped you have to go down to where the river is and then you receive its contents into you so in, in one way you could even see like what god is looking for and wanting from us is to stop from life stop stop the thinking stop the running around get quiet stop and then go down low lord i worship you mm. i i humble myself before you i remember who you are and i remember what i am compared to you and i'm nothing i, I get down before you and i just receive this gift of delight i receive this flowing river that refreshes my soul uh so even there it's like this is sometimes what happens with people is they get dry because they just don't stop right and because they don't stop they can't actually really worship and because they don't go down low enough to worship they are not able to access where that delight is found mm -hmm. what do you yeah 100 percent. i emphatically 100 percent agree with you i think the reason there's so many people that feel dry is because it's so common it's so common and i feel like in our generation specifically we're just constantly bombarded by overstimulation yes we're constantly on the go mm -hmm. and the only way you're burned out is because you're busy i was reading a book and i was telling you about this the other day uh pray like a monk live like a fool which is a good book <laughs> i've never heard of it yeah it's a wild book but it's a really good book on prayer um i was listening to it the other day and um one of the things that he was saying was i totally lost my <laughs> What were we just talking about? <laughs> we were talking about stopping. Oh, yeah. And getting quiet. And you said you read this book called Pray Like a Monk, yeah. Live Like a Fool. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, yeah, I totally lost my channel. <laughs> but it was something about stopping. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was... We'll go over to, if you look at Psalm 62, <laughs> along these same lines. You see this incredible uh, thought here revealed to us from David. He says, "My, <laughs> I can't believe you. Ugh. All right. <laughs> My soul waits in silence for God alone mm. or only. <laughs> My soul waits in silence. That's stopping right. the mind, stopping the mouth, stopping that freight train or as somebody says the assembly line of thoughts just stopping that and waiting for god giving submission attention to god only not even god for or god and just him that's right just him alone i think that's a, a descriptive way that david shows what stopping looks like my mind my will my emotions my soul my mind my will my emotions I just shut it all off, like Ravenhill says, like when you pull into a parking space and you just shut off the engine, you just, everything's quiet. Right. All the spinning is done, all the noise is done, and you just give all attention to God. I think this is what would save so many people anxiety attacks because they begin to drink the river of delights. It would, I think it would deliver many people from uh, repetitive sin because they'd be satisfied mm -hmm. by God. I think it would open up people's ears because they'd be able to hear because they wouldn't be cloud, you know, crowding out his voice with the clanking of pots and pans like a Martha. Uh, I think also it would be able, they'd be able to sense more 
of the Lord because they'd be able to turn on that faculty of being that is connected to God or be aware of that faculty of being that is connected to God as opposed to being dominated by the five senses that rule our experience of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, re it reminds me of my own, like kind of like I was telling you the other day, my own prayer walk is like, as a pastor, I was telling you, like, there's so many cares. There's so many things. There's so many things we're constantly bombarded by, distracted with, family, doesn't matter. There's so many things. And it seems that when you spend time with the presence of the Lord and you make it only about Him, mm. everything <laughs> subsides. Yeah. All the distractions, all of the cares, all of the other voices turn into one voice. You know, and then in that moment, you almost forget about what you were cautious about or what you were praying about yeah. because you're so in sync with the will of the Father that just everything else is meaningless. I think it was yesterday we were talking about um, Jehoshaphat. <laughs> he had an opportunity for so many things to be concerned about. He says, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And as soon as he positions himself to look to the Lord, that's when the holy response came. And as you said before, you were talking about how Jehoshaphat had strategies. He could have, it's not like he's never been to war before. And the moment that he chooses the Lord and worships his beauty, everything else gets taken care of. And it's really that simple. You know, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about as you were just talking is when we go to God, we're so busy because there's mm -hmm. so many things we're we're wanting to pray about. Mm -hmm. And I think what kills the busyness of the mind is when you make an absolute resolution, a resolve to say, nothing else matters. I only have eyes for you. And that's it. Yeah. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's great how, how you were saying even like all the other voices are swallowed up by this one voice. That voice is that sweet, it's inseparable from his presence, it's per, his person. And I was even thinking of this scripture where it says, you visit the earth, mm. talking about his presence, you visit the earth and cause it to overflow, enrich it, you greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. I mean, look at all this language. It's, yeah. it's rich with wetness and sweetness and it's alive with richness. He says, you prepare the grain for thus you prepare the earth. You water its furrows abundantly. You water them. You settle its ridges. You soften its shower with, with, with showers. You bless it with growth. You have crowned the year with bounty. Oh, the bounties of Christ's excellencies. And you your paths drip with fatness. So just a bunch of things that happen just by his presence and his, his wonderful voice, his, the person of God, when we stop to give him attention, is he greatly enriches us, he overflows us, he waters us and settles us and softens us and blesses us, and we taste of his bounty in our paths, drip with fatness, and that fatness is that oil, that the anointing is really the what comes from the presence, your path mm. drip with fatness. So it's almost as if the anointing is the result of having walked with God because mm. it drip, the path drips with fatness. So as you're walking with the Lord, what is behind that experience of his presence is the anointing. 
Um, Man, that's really rich. So, so I was just saying, all that is his person. Yeah. And these wonderful things that he does to us. So the inverse is true. I guess you could take it like this and say, instead of overflowing, you feel dry. Mm-hmm. Instead of being greatly enriched, you feel you have nothing. Instead of being watered, again, you're dry. Being settled, you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Instead of being softened, you feel like your heart is rigid and hard. Instead of being blessed with growth, mm. you feel like you're stagnant and you can't increase. Instead of tasting of Christ's bounties, you, you feel as if you, are, you, you can't find any riches. You're getting bored with Christianity. And there's no real anointing uh, in your life. Wow. And it's all the path. It's all found in the path. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, like I, I can attest to that because like when I was in Florida, there was a, a real serious, what I would call a dry season. But I put that on myself mm. because I just found myself in a place where I was l- literally not acknowledging the Lord like I needed to like I should have. <laughs> and it's funny because when when you go to the path of the Lord, when you spend time with God, when you're in fellowship with God, when you're in communion with him, you don't have to work up any anointing or anything. It's just there. I heard a man of God that I greatly love. He said, prayerless people push, prayerful people flow. <laughs> and there is something about being intimate with the spirit that causes fatness, that causes oil, that mm-hmm. causes enrichment, that causes water, yeah. that causes spiritual irrigation to your soul, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. I've heard it said like this, uh, there's a difference between force and flow. The presence of the spirit, as you said, is flow, but force is the opposite. It's it's uh, Jesus withdraws from force. Remember the scripture says that they... Uh, wanted to make Jesus king by force. And mm-hmm. when he perceived their intent, he withdrew because mm-hmm. he withdraws from force. Uh, he's all about flow. That's why he is that confluence. He is that, that river. But um, even like the scripture says here in, in Psalm 68, it says in verse 6, only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. The heavens drop rain at the presence of God. Man. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So it's like there's many areas of rebellion in my heart and in my mind. I find them there, and I can normally locate them locate them by that area not being able to sense God's presence, mm. not being aware of Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I find I got to lay that rebellion down at the feet of the Lord, say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And bam, there's the reign of the presence of God. Mm. What would you say... What would you say to people that are, that are watching? Like, for example, even while we were on worshiping, I, I was looking at some of the comments and they were saying that they were feeling really dry. Like, what would you tell someone who's who's a believer? They love God, mm-hmm. but there's just this dryness, this apathy that's caked into their soul. How would you what would you say to them to bring them out of that place of drought? Well, there's, there can be many different causes of this, one of which I just read in um, Jonathan Edwards's book. Yeah. He started to talk about how worldliness, being moral, worldliness, we always think it to be, oh, worldliness. Uh, you, if people think that means you're going out and doing dark things mm-hmm. and gross sins. And th- but worldliness really is just, as John Wesley says, 
anything that cools my love for Christ is the world. Mm. So worldliness is being involved in and giving more attention to those things that steal Christ's place. Or as when Paul talks to Timothy, he tells him as a good soldier, uh, you know, you don't entangle yourself with the things of this life. Not that you don't have cares of this life, but you don't let them get in front of the Lord. So worldliness can just simply be the cares of this life, the cares of this world. And so in Jonathan Edwards' books, he says he says that worldliness causes us to be unaffected by the things most affecting. Mm. What an incredible way to say it, huh? Yeah. So the things most affecting are the fact that God became a man. We have God's word. We can worship and sense his presence and pray. And when we pray, God hears us and changes the world. These things are most affecting, but right. worldliness causes us to be unaffected by the things most affecting. Man, isn't that powerful? That is so powerful. That's so true. Wow, man. Um, yeah, th- this is something that, believe it or not, like what I would even say is like when people have to stop having the wrong mindset because some people think that you know being spiritually dry um, is something like. God trying to teach you something or some, and I remember one time I asked you this and you said, why would God withhold his presence from you when his presence is the very thing that makes you holy? Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes the reason why there seems to be dryness is people are dis they, they, they honestly believe that they're put there by God. Yeah. Right. And because of that, they, they, they feel like they're helpless and they can't really reorient themselves to the reality that that is, you know, th- that there's something other than that what's going on. I had to reprogram my mind coming to the Lord mm. because I, I used to come to the Lord with a very religious kind of approach. I felt like suffering and gritting my teeth and really pushing was the secret to godliness as a young person, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize like, wait a minute, Jesus says, if you come to me, there's rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's the good life. And I had to actually believe that God wanted to give me abundance of life. Now, and I'm not talking about abundance of things, but there is a life giving abundance. He's the good shepherd. It, the moment I had to, the moment I believed that, mm-hmm. I started to see that mm-hmm. in my own walk because perception equals reality. You know, you can perceive something to be true and it might not be the reality of something, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to, pers- I had to rightly put on the perception of scripture right. to perceive God's presence. And I feel that there are many people watching the stream that they feel like they're stuck in a dry place because it's some sort of plan from God or God wants them to do that or they're viewing God from a stance of like someone with a magnifying glass burning them you know and in reality it's like no um you need to exchange the old wineskin and receive the newness of of the new covenant by re reprogramming your mind renewing your word renewing the word of God in you you know yeah dryness when i feel dryness Mm -hmm. i don't look at it as far from god right Uh, i look at it as the way into god oh man explain this so for instance if i feel super dry like man i don't feel like praying i just Mm -hmm. feel like i'd rather you know do this or that 
I recognize that that bankruptcy is that that disease, that um, sickness is my qualification to come to the physician. Mm. He didn't come to it for the healthy, but the sick. And so that's the kind of mentality he right. has. He's drawn to weakness. So when I see dryness, then I recognize if I'll admit that to the Lord and give that to the Lord, that's the way in. Oh, yes. To being. So it's not like, oh, you're dry. You're going to have to go through seven years of <laughs> famine in order to realize his presence again. Better to realize it like this. This dryness shows me I must humble myself before God yes. and tell him the truth. Mm. about what's going on. Like mm. I was telling you the other day, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I need you to help me, want you to help me. Mm. You know, this this kind of scraping the bottom dependency. Right. Lord, I, I can't even trust my own surrender. Or Lord, I need you to help me to love you. These things are the secrets. Right. So dryness is not, a, it's, it's terrible because you can't sense the Lord, but it's a great way to realize his presence by saying, Lord, I'm dry I'm empty. I so badly need you. That's the way in to a to a, a real living, vibrant experience of the Lord. As a matter of fact, in uh, Romans chapter 15, listen to this verse. This is Paul praying for the Romans. He says, mm-hmm. now may the God of hope fill you, fill, that's, I love that mm-hmm. imagery. That's almost like pouring in water into a cup. Fill you with all joy, not just joy, all joy, which is joy for everything. May the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So you see there's three things connected here that God does. God fills with all joy, all peace when we believe. So there's three things God does to the one who just believes in the Lord. And that faith is what quickens the reception, if you will. Mm. May God do it so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. It's the work of the Spirit that, uh, that keeps us, those that are drinking and drinking in of peace and joy and fulfillment. See, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what people say. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's experiential realities from the King himself you know, distributed from the king himself, himself as joy and peace and fulfillment mm. and satisfaction. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's um, a couple of ideas that kind of came to me as you were talking. The first thing is for me, when I, in my own life, whenever I sense like a dryness, I see it the same way. It's an invitation to mm. come with Jesus. There's an area of my life that I have to hand over. I've noticed dryness where there has been, as you were saying, something from the world that's crept in. I often think about Hebrews chapter, what, I think it's 12, where it says, let us run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. But then the verses before that, it says, let us remove the weights that so deftly, you know, uh, tries to cling to us, Uh easily ensnares us. The besetting sin, which is unbelief. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then when that happens, there's dryness that seeps in. And then here's another way for me is like when I know that there's something dry is when I've pushed the door Mm. instead of being with the door. Yeah. You know, Yeah. Um, I find in times past, 
that when I try to push something, I would try to strive, it's the dryness would come that way, yeah. you know? And um, there, you cannot open the door through that. You have to open the door through enjoyment. And we were talking about, this, this is the other thing I wanted to bring to you. You were saying that grace and is the same word as joy. Yeah. Charis. Yeah, charis. And I think that, that the way, the entrance to receive grace is through joy, no? <laughs> and um, I don't know. Yeah, they, I think they reproduce each other. Yeah. You know, um, the scripture tells us that uh, we are not to be conformed to the world in Romans 12 too. That's, that's a thinking. That's a, think, a value system mm -hmm. of the world. Not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So literally, it's how do you, what, what, what do you value? What is your value system? And I think that the value system of the world and thinking according to the patterns of this world, it is the opposite of that renewed mind, which is stimulated by God, mm. stimulated by godly things, excited about the, the word of God, excited about what God says, about excited about the kingdom and the work of the kingdom. That's the new mind. He's a lively, lively, excited about these things. But the old mind is not so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that right there, it's like so two people can read the word, but an unrenewed mind, it doesn't find delight in these things. He, he's not like David who says, I delight in your law. Right. You open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your law. It's just kind of ho-hum, you know. So I, th I think part of this just has to do with that worship that offers itself completely to God. That's its own ideas, its own desires, its own management of its own life. Giving up all these things prepares the heart to receive the word rightly right. and transform the mind and change the way that you are stimulated by things in this life and God himself in this life and his word in this life. Yeah, the, the transformation comes through the renewal of the mind, right? So like if the mind is not renewed, there is no transformation. And I think they're going back to dryness, going back to approaching God. Mm -hmm. If you're not renewed in your thinking and your approach to him, you'll never receive that transformation from him, yeah. you know? And it just goes back to what is it that you're believing about God that's false? Mm. And what is it that you need to repent of and receive as truth so that you can see, Yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. It's, and, you know, it's like you can pin all these things down on one thing. It is an understanding of who God is in the gospel. Right. Every one of Paul's letters, he's dealing with different problems, different, you know, a plethora mm. of difficulties and challenges and pressures. His one-step solution for all of them is the gospel. He reminds them of the gospel, calls their attention to the gospel because if they'll re-see Christ in the gospel, they'll be re-enchanted with him. They will find that he's the king, the ruler of all. And in that submission, they receive the spirit. And in the reception of the spirit, you have all that's needed. You have love and joy and peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, these are the things that have their 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 own godly kingdom law. Right. You know, yeah. It's it's just like the law of gravity. The spirit causes that you drop a penny, it hits the ground. You receive the spirit, love comes. Right. Joy comes. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Man. Um, absolutely. Like it just boils down to it just boils down to 
how much your how much your belief is in the gospel. Yeah. That's just fundamentally what it what it draws into. Like, what is your belief about the gospel? Yeah. And I think that it's super, super, super common that our understanding is not based upon the gospel, unfortunately, in the body of Christ. Mm. It's based on our own. It's it's kind of like having an old wineskin <laughs> and trying to receive the new wine and getting frustrated because you have an old system. Yeah, totally. And I think for me, like for me, like I have to, you used to tell me this all the time uh, when we were in Florida together, uh, when you would turn on your studio, your Alexa would say, remember the gospel. <laughs> that That is my life right now yeah. because it's like, when we when we when we strive we're saying no to the gospel mm -hmm. when we do things in our own efforts and our own works we don't we're not doing the gospel we're, when we're not enjoying god we're yeah. not doing the gospel yeah you know absolutely that's that's the problem that right there is the problem because we're it is by grace we have been saved through faith this not of ourselves lest any man should boast. If you could access God through striving, then you would have something to boast about. Mm. But salvation and drinking from the well of salvation, yeah. which is joyful, comes through grace mm -hmm. and grace alone. I have a great need for Christ, but I have a great Christ for my need, Charles Spurgeon said. And I think that's a beautiful way to encapsulate the whole, the whole of the gospel. You know, when I think about it, it reminds me of the first miracle that Jesus performed. He puts the water in and he turns it into wine. But what were the vessels? They were religious, ritualistic purification jars. <laughs> and I think that's the whole of humanity. We, we have, we're vessels of old ritualistic religion. And what's inside of us needs to be changed, <laughs> you know? And, and what is wine but the symbol of joy? You know, what is wine but the symbol of the spirit? Yeah. And yeah, I, I just think that is so, it's yeah. so common. Yeah. In Galatians 3, Paul is hammering this religious spirit. Oh, yeah. And he says, Hammer it, man. <laughs> he says, you foolish Galatians, who tricked you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? In other words, you forgot the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> and the perfect work of the perfect man right. on your behalf. You forgot that. Then he says, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Mm. And then he says, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now going to be perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer many things in vain? Indeed, if it was in vain. So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit? Yeah. This is all present. Yeah. And works miracles, oh my gosh, among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing, hearing. with faith? Hearing what? The gospel. The gospel. <laughs> That's the key, man. It's all about the gospel. Yeah, true. <laughs> man. It's, it's the gospel is the picture, the, what is it, portrait. It's the portrait, the picturesque of Christ himself. There's no way to know him. What, or what he's like, unless you see him in the gospel. Uh, I remember uh, I was talking to Dane Ortland, and he said, 
people always say, I just want Jesus, I don't want theology. And then he says, but if you ask them what Jesus, then they start talking theology. Theology, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said yesterday, like we're afraid of using words like theology or theological right. stuff because immediately, like, well, that's a religious thing. It's like, no, it's a silly thing to assess that because like Daniel Kalenda said, I've heard him say this and we've said it yesterday, that true, chia, true, chia, <laughs> true theology should drive you to your knees and worship God. Yeah. That, that what is theology? Theologos, it's the study of God. You know, it's to know, it's, it's to know what he's like. Someone asked me the other day, Eric, they're like, how can I develop the fear of the Lord? And my response was this, you got to go to the scriptures and what the scriptures declare about him. Yeah. And it causes awe. It'll rattle your knees. It'll put you on your face. Mm -hmm. You know, he who holds, you know, the universe in the palm of his hands. Mm -hmm. You know, he who is outside of time, all powerful, all knowing, you know, the one that causes the nations to tremble. When you get a revelation of what God is like through the lens of the scripture, then you'll experience the fear of the Lord. You know, it's all theological. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think is really, really well described as well by Dane Orland when he said, we care about theology for the same reason um, photographers care about focus right. on a lens. Right. Who are we looking at? Right. And theology will make that clear. Absolutely. Like, like for example, like here's a great one, like God's omnipotence, which means his all powerfulness. <laughs> How are you going to know that he is that, you know, when we approach him, we've got my favorite scripture is right behind me over there. Second Corinthians. <laughs> The D is missing, but 2 Corinthians 3.18, we with unveiled face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. How are we in seeing the glory of the Lord? Through what the scriptures declare about him. Yes. And uh, you, say, you say this all the time, but the scriptures are the windows to see Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the windows speak of what he's like. Yeah. And through that, then you can see him. You want to know his omnipotence? Read, his, read about his power. You want to know about his grace? Get into the Gospels. You want to see his love? Uh, read read the story of Jesus, you know? So it's good stuff. Praise God. Is there any questions coming in? Yeah, let's let's take some questions. If you have a question, uh, put a cue in front of your question. It can be anything about what we're talking about today, whether it be, you know, um, you know, questions about prayer, dryness, whether it be anything, as long as it's related to... Um, the stream okay and put a cue in front of it and and then after that we're going to we're going to wrap it up okay eric where can they find you while we wait for questions where can they find you on youtube yeah yeah youtube eric gilmore mm -hmm. um also we're on we have a podcast it's under eric gilmore as well i've interviewed a bunch of people on there um we also have a website Sonship, I-N-T-L, S-O-N-S-H-I-P-I-N-T-L.org. Um, we also have uh, many books on Amazon. I think we have 30. Yeah, books, you have so. a lot of books. A bunch of them are booklets. but um, And then also we have music on iTunes, worship music, instrumentals. This actually is on iTunes now, mm -hmm. um, this one that we're listening to. And uh, what else is there? 
our our schedules online. As people know, I'm I'm itinerant. Mm-hmm. Just travel and strengthen the churches, and um, except for uh, yeah, when I'm at my home church, Nations in Orlando. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I went ahead and put uh, Eric's Cash App inform- information on the comments. I'm gonna sow a seed to him because he's my dear brother, and I believe in what the Lord has done uh, in his ministry, and it's his ministry has been a blessing. Actually, Fresh Oil, um, I owe a lot to to it based on just being with the Lord and many of the things that I've seen in you um, I'm experiencing and I just want to share it with other people Mm. and so um, yeah we got questions coming in okay here he goes let's do this (laughs) David Hogan says can he release the beard anointing David Hogan. Yeah, I don't know. His name is David Hogan. I don't That's know if crazy. it's the David no, Hogan, but probably not. He already probably has a beard. Not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, the beard anointing. Brooke says, "How can I quiet my mind to pray? I feel like I lose focus so quickly." How would you respond to that? You know, I've I've heard a lot of different methods that people use. Um, I'll just give a couple. Uh, I'll start with myself. What I do when I'm having a hard time focusing on my mind is I sing a precious, personal, intimate worship song to the Lord privately with Him, mm. quietly. Just sing a song like, like I've come to worship you. Give my heart and bow down to you. There's nothing I'd rather do than worship you. Just sing it to the Lord and lose consciousness of myself through worship. Uh, Madame Guyon spoke of reading the scriptures very slowly and passing through the text into uh, the Lord by steadying the mind. Um, the scriptures are used to still the mind, she says. Uh, but then you have somebody like Thomas Merton who would talk about what's called a centering word, which you would take a, take a word that actually is directed to the Lord, like preferably something very simple like holy mm-hmm. or worthy. And you would, once you notice your mind going somewhere, you say your centering word, to pull you back to what you're there for. So you begin to think about the clothes you left in the dryer and you say, worthy, <laughs> to pull yourself back. Right. Worthy, Lord, worthy. Um, that's Those are three really, really good ones. I'd also say one more would be, like Dr. Brown used to pray in tongues for, now most people can't do this because they don't have this much time. Right. But Dr. Brown would pray in tongues for an hour before he even started prayer, mm-hmm. just to clear the air and clear mm-hmm. his mind. Just pray in the Spirit. You know, so you have the word, you're praying in the spirit, you have a centering word, you have singing a worship song. These things all pretty much help. But real practically, if you can get away from sight and sound, that'll really help. Oh, yeah. That's why Jesus says, go into your closet and shut the door. That's silence and solitude or solitude and silence. Uh, This is very uh, important. I think those are just a couple of practical ways that, that really help. But I think it's also important not to get upset if you have to keep resetting. Right. Because people get frustrated. Mm-hmm. But listen. Res- and they feel like they're failing. Right. But resetting not- is prayer. Yeah. when you, Keeping your heart on the Lord, that's what you're there. That's what you're doing. Right. And I, I find like the more that you practice that, you know, Brother Lawrence, practicing yeah. the presence of God, the yeah. more you practice that, the more easier it is. Like there is a... I remember when I first started spending time with Jesus, it was like every 30 seconds, my brain was constantly distracted by something. (laughs) 
And then those 30 seconds turned to two minutes. Then mm. those two minutes turned to every 15 minutes. And then mm. those, then it got to a point where it's like you're practicing to be still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the only striving that you're allowed to make is striving to enter into rest. rest. That's so it. It's a striving to make sure you're not striving. Exactly. <laughs> so here's, if somebody says, well, what from the Bible can you tell me? Well, here's a good point. Colossians chapter three, verse one, it says, if you have been raised up with Christ, which you have, if you've died with Christ, you've been raised with him. It says, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, which shows us a couple of things. One, you're able to do this. The Bible would not tell you to do this if you're not able to do it. And setting, number two, is you put it there and leave it there. Mm. And your mind is what you're thinking about. Just lock your mind upon. You can fix your mind on whatever it is that you want. I mean, if, 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 I, if there's somebody that loves basketball out there and I said, hey, what, how many uh, points does uh, you know, you know, Giannis make a, a game? You begin to think, oh, yeah, I remember I saw it was like 25. You know, you're thinking on something by directive and you can do the same with the word of god you can turn your mind to the scriptures and you can think upon set mm -hmm. your mind upon the things above where christ is seated his rule his reign his presence his rest his accomplishment his glory him mm. and that right there is is from the scriptures showing us we're able right. to do that for me, um, I find like what, what you were saying, set your mind on things above. What really helps me is praising him mm -hmm. because it, Praise. it, it causes me to magnify him over me. Mm. And I find that when I lift him high, by default, I go low. Mm -hmm. And when I go low, um, I find myself perceiving God's presence so much faster, mm. you know? Yeah. Thanksgiving too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanking the Lord. Well, how did the uh, Jehoshaphat's army go out again? Yeah. They were singing, give thanks to the Lord for his, for his loving yes. kindness. Yeah. So that's how they went out into battle after Jehoshaphat reminds him of what the prophet said. This battle is, yeah. this battle is the Lord. The Lord will go with us. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. And they go out and they win. It's mm, powerful. We'll do one last question here for the sake of time. But um, uh, we got a question. I'm in a very dry season lately. Still, I praise and worship the Lord. How can I get rid of that far from God feeling? Believe me, I do pray and worship almost every day. Sure. Uh, these are enigmas for me, that questions like this. They're, they're things I don't understand. Um, the only thing I can say is is make sure you have lost self-consciousness mm. because you can you can worship and still be conscious of yourself. You can praise and still be conscious of yourself. In other words, there's like an external praise. Right. It's an external worship. But the internal, remember the scripture says, Jesus says, these people, not saying that this person is a Pharisee, but just showing the principle. The scripture says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts. So it means that the, the mouth can do something different than the heart. Right. So I, I think it's very important, though, though we pray, though we worship, though we praise, though we read the Bible, I, I think that what's most important, the ground of all those things, the progress of all those things, is dependent upon this, the loss of self-consciousness. It's the glory of God coming to Him because He's happy about it, coming to Him to give Him oh, yeah. praise, 
coming to him to hear his voice yes. and to to give him honor and glory because he's due it. And that, that loss of self will cause, in my opinion, 100%. It, it will cause the perception of the Lord. I think the thing that blocks most people from experiencing the Lord is trying to just get the experience from the Lord mm. instead of experiencing the person of the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah, say it yeah. again. There's so, there's so more there. Yeah. So it's kind of like this. It's like um, you can't see the Lord without feeling him, but you can try to feel him without looking at him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think that's a real key. Like I'm coming here for this feeling. I'm coming here to experience something instead of saying I'm coming here for you and finding he's the experience. That's right. That's right. Um, reminds me of something that I went through in 2015. I had this experience with the Lord where I was drier than a sack of potatoes. And I was like, God, you know, if you're, I was trying to be religious, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to pray and all this. And, and, uh, the Lord really convicted me because he was like, in essence, he was basically saying like, look, you're seeking my hands Mm. when you should be seeking my face. Mm. You're too busy looking at my hands instead of being with my face. Mm. If you just look at my face, you'll feel the hands that hold you, you know? That's good. I mean, think about with your wife. Yeah. Imagine if if you, the only thing you wanted to do is, you didn't want to know Zuli. You didn't want yeah. to experience her. You just wanted to know that she was your wife and get the things that you can, you can get from her in life. Like, do you, can you do all the service that I need? Right. And can you also just be on paper, my wife, instead of saying, I want to know you, I want to enjoy you, I want to be with you, hear you, you know, that's the difference. I mean, I think sometimes we forget that we're looking for an experience, not recognizing he's the experience. He is. We're waiting for something to happen instead of recognizing he's the happening. That's right. Yeah. One of the things that, that the Lord has kind of shown me as well is... So many times we say like, God, I want your presence, right? And I feel the Lord saying, I want your presence. <laughs> and I think the way to, ex- uh, to experience the awareness of God's presence is you yourself offering your presence to him. Mm-hmm. And I look at scripture where it says that, um, like, for example, um, in Job, the, the angels appeared before the Lord. Yeah. They presented themselves before God. And it reminds me of Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Yes. There is a presenting yes. of yourself. That is your presentness. Yes. You must be present to experience his presence. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what happens is we're, we're there and we're taught, we're doing the talk, we're doing the thoughts, but we're not truly there. Mm-hmm. We, like you said, and this is something I believe that needs to be talked on so much more is we try to have an experience for the sake of experience instead of just being with him that's the experience exactly it's about him right Uh, in song of solomon verse five chapter five she is negligent towards him and she loses her sense of him Mm. and then by remembering the gospel her feelings get aroused again but she begins to seek and she's not like finding, and then what happens for her to break through is she recalls the beauty of her beloved. Mm. I think that's very similar to us. A lot of times we get negligence toward, negligent toward the Lord, and then he begins to awaken us by the gospel, 
And then when we begin to seek for him, we're like, where, where is he? Where is he? We lose that sense of his person. But then what we need to do is what she does. She recalls the goodness of the Lord. She goes through all the aspects of him, how she's seen him be faithful, his characteristics, his glory, his goodness, his nature. And that is her way of experiencing this one who is wholly desirable. Mm. Yeah, man, that's really good. Um, want to touch on this real quick about what you mentioned about being aware of self. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I really believe that is one of the biggest hindrances in the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, and, and it goes back to the garden, <laughs> right? They yeah. were naked. They were unashamed. They were so caught up in the presence of God. They had, they had no sight of their own selves. Mm. And it reminds me also of what, as soon as sin comes in, they start being aware of themselves. Yeah. The separation begins the moment they're looking to themselves. Yes. And the, and and right there and then and then I think about the call of Jesus where it says he who holds on to his life will lose it. Wait, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. And he who lets go of his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. And we we think of this in, per, in in reference to persecution and yeah that is it could be in reference to persecution but there is a principle in prayer in that. Mhm. That if you let go and lose sight of yourself, you'll find the life. Yeah. Every time you spend time with God, you get, you you go into His presence and lose sight of yourself, your interests, your desires, what you think you need. Lose sight of it, and then you'll find Him. So beautiful. He enlivens you when you do that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I am thoroughly convinced of this that you're talking about because I have to deal with it nearly every day. Yeah. It's the main blockage to Same. experiencing God's presence that I have to nearly daily, pretty much daily, I have to go through that death, which means it's death is kind of like a, a strange word for it, but it's more of a relinquishing of self. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it is the consciousness of his presence through the renunciation of self-consciousness. This is about you. You are the one. It is for you, to you, through you, about you, unto you. It's just you, Lord. You're the only thing that matters. I and have one purpose, and it is to give you glory and give you honor and to love you and to serve you for your pleasure. You know, that mm. right there, that loss of self that I have to go through every single day because we, by default in the human nature, are trying to find a way to use God to get what we want. Mm, yeah. I'll tell you a little story about this. The uh, There was a season where I had a very difficult time perceiving the presence of God. And the moment it shifted for me, like it was like night and day, God showed me that it, the reason why I was losing this perception of him was because I was not going to him for him. Wow. I was going to him for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I made it about me. And because of this, it caused me to do like what the song of songs was saying, like, I don't know where he is. I, I can't perceive him. There's no sense of, of his presence. I'm not really, I'm feeling dry. And it's like the moment the Lord showed me that I needed to adjust my heart to say, 
Lord, I am here for you. For you. That's presence. John Piper has this sermon where he talks about how God has tied together his glory and our good. Mm. So that as we give him glory, that's the the best thing that can happen. That's the good of mankind is his glory. Right. So he has been he's so kind to do it like this. That like as we worship him, that's returning to your original state of being where happiness, hope, purity, life, joy, satisfaction exist. It's there. And without that God glory, there's no good for man. And so the devil wants you to seek your good over God's glory mm-hmm. or even try to use God's mean, God's glory as a means for your good. But what God has seen, showed us in the scriptures is that as we give him glory, it's his choice to bring us into good. Right. Last thing I'll say here, because we're going to wrap up, but what was the statement that, that I was telling about Andrew Murray? It says, it's the glory of humility is the glory of the creature. the creature. Yeah, the creature, yeah. Yeah. Humility is the glory of the creature. That's our place. Yes. yes. You know? Amen. All right, guys. Well, it's been an awesome time. Eric, thank you so much for being with us, man. Uh, thank you so much for blessing our church and coming. And and uh, every time you come, it's always life-giving. It's mm-hmm. like an injection. It's like a spiritual EpiPen to the <laughs> religious allergies. <laughs> so it's been awesome. Guys, I encourage you to check out his YouTube channel. Like, share, subscribe to his channel. Like, share, and subscribe to this stream as well. Also, I pinned Eric's giving information on the description of the stream and also on the pinned section. His cash app is there. I'm sowing a seat to him because I love and I honor my dear brother. And so I know that this has blessed you. Amen. Love you all. We will see you tomorrow for another stream of fresh oil. And uh, we will see you then. God bless you guys. Blessings.